So this is your first time in here? Yeah, sure is. It's uh, you know, well done. It's uh, it's it's comforting. Yeah, it's very. It's not intimidating. No, not at all. I mean, I don't know who chose the paint hue in here, but uh, yeah, well done. It's a theme throughout the office. Oh, is it? Yeah, except for they can't see this or hear it. Um, but everything else is yellow and khaki. They run out of pain or run out of money. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> we'll get into all that later in the in the uh, in the show in the operations part of the the agency world. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is Agency Basement. So Agency Basement, the inaugural episode, um, this is your brainchild, semi, sort of. You had this idea back in uh, before Christmas of yeah. starting this, and it's blossomed into a couple other things, but here we are now finally recording. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So this will, at the time when we started this idea, we were actually in a different business, a different location, and we were going to be recording this in a basement, so that's where the name comes from. But I think it also makes sense because it's like, in a sense, we have always bootstrapped everything when it comes to like hard work and grit. Like we don't, sure. it's a very skeleton, I guess what we would say. Um, so it makes sense. It's yeah. kind of the, not the afraid ni- to get our hands dirty. The I mean, nitty we, gritty. Yeah. We did, you know, build this room ourselves. Yeah. And it's still pretty dark. feels like a basement. Yeah. You know, we can just get like some fake bricks or something anyway. So I think we can start off with this first episode talking about, or what I want to do is like set our expectations personally, what we hope to gain from this and also what we hope to offer the audience and what we have sure. to offer um, both you as the owner of a, of a digital agency, myself coming from design and working with inside companies and then working here and ultimately, um, you know, open up the community to help other agency owners grow in, in, I guess in agency staff members, not just owners, yep. Um, but in the digital marketing professionals and just marketing professionals in general. So, um, why don't you start? Start with for who sure. you are, what your name is, and then what your expect your main expectation is for the podcast, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Chris Rupp, founder and CEO of Red Shark Digital. I've uh, been in marketing and advertising now for. Uh, at least over 10 years. Ten uh, years. Yeah, a whole 10 years. It's hard to believe uh, when I actually thought about that a f- just a few hours ago. Um, did it make you feel old? It did, yeah. I think the gray hairs are starting to reflect that more and more. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's how it goes. But anyways, uh, right out of school, um, I was uh, selling yellow pages, believe it or not. <laughs> own, it, own and operate a digital agency. It uh, started with yellow pages, so... Um, Sold, you know, various internet marketing products that were just, you know, uh, complete crap. And uh, and very quickly just, you know, saw an opportunity to, to get into something different and, and jump ship from there. So uh, started Red Shark Digital in 2013. Uh, it was a uh, strictly an app development company, uh, believe it or not. And, and do, that was Do you really, still make apps? You know what? We don't. <laughs> we don't. And I am, I am really <laughs> proud of that. Um, they were, uh, you know, mostly a nightmare, but you know that was really in that app phase um, where it seemed like everybody needed an app. Every every mom, dad, 
mom and pop shop, anybody just needed an app. And then, you know, that, that quickly fell when, you know, the whole realization of, well, you know, if the app's not doing something for me, I, I, I really don't need it. I don't need to use it. The user, use the user. So, uh, you know, quickly got into uh, custom web development, which was, which was great for us. Um, and, and blossomed into a full service digital creative branding agency that we are today. Yeah. So, I know there's part of that dot com bubble that was like super big, just in general. It was everybody getting on the web, everybody moving their business online, and then they're soon after. It's very easy to sell apps, not easy, but you know they they say on Shark Tank too, like you're a, a good entrepreneur if you went door to door. So yeah, you passed that first oh, test. I went door to door. That's for you sure. You passed the Shark Tank test. Yeah. But uh, you know, following up with you know the expectations of this, and and that was you know one thought I had was the experience that that I got out of that and that we do when, when you look at, you know, what we can provide, what we have so many different verticals that we've worked in, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily niche down into anything. We've got experience across the board and the doors that I have physically walked into over those years of doing those yellow pages and internet marketing and whatnot. And even obviously, um, you know, with, with red shark and, you know, different caliber clients and completely different verticals. I mean, we've got, a tremendous amount of background and experience to, to speak about um, all kinds of different verticals. So anyways, I mean, my expectations of this were just with, with that being said that we've got a ton of experience to share. Um, you know, I, I don't want it to be all the good. I want it to be the good, the bad, the ugly. And, yeah. you know, I think that's what a lot of people want to hear. Uh, that's not always talked about, especially the ugly side of it. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of that seems to be hidden. A lot of fronts get put on, especially in our industry and, in smaller shops of, you know, how well people are doing or not doing. And I think it's important to talk about the, you know, the challenges that, you know, agencies face and, and, um, you know, obviously different, you know, triumphs that, that we have and whatnot. So, I mean, I want to, I want to cover everything. So there's a lot, that's some, something too, I think we could do a whole episode on is like social proofing and what we see from other, what we see from other agencies that we know of that have failed because of that, either by, spreading out and showing they serve the whole country, but then getting nationwide clients not being able to service them or um, extending out with, like, hiring 20 people, you know? Sure. And we went through that when, what, 26, 2017, 2018, when yep. we were a team of 18 and we really only needed eight. Yep. You know, like, so that's a that's a story we can talk. It wasn't for social proofing per se. It was just, like, we saw growth coming and growth didn't come. And yep. then when growth came, we were a small team, and luckily we yep. built through it. But yep. so it's, like, there's all those big pieces, those buzzwords that we have both good and bad from. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And if people haven't figured out yet, uh, we, we work together uh, in Red Shark Digital. Is that right? Yeah, that's where we are, Red Shark Digital right now. Um, luckily, they've allowed uh, us to. We've allowed. Yeah. Everything else to happen in this uh, particular office. Probably need to work up a lease agreement or something for this room. Yeah, we have to get all those contracts ready. Yeah. That's on my list to talk about for another day, but off the air, but putting the contracts together for even the podcast that we have on react right now. Yeah. Um, so I can, my expectations are to open doors in the community because we, we know clients, we have plenty of clients. We have very big clients. We have very small clients. They're all, most of them are great. Um, those of you that aren't, you know who you are. Yeah, I was going to ask, can, we're can honest. we elaborate on the, we're uh, honest the with who so you are. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, clients from hell episode, <clears throat> but, and how to stop them ahead of time. Yep. Scaffolding. We'll talk a whole episode about nothing but scaffolding. Um, so it, 
so it's the expectation of being able to open more doors to have some of those like bigger client leaders, like someone from the bigger companies we know that are making waves in their own industry and how that works and how marketing has helped them. Right. And then as well as other agency owners, um, some things like maybe some, some like a lawyer, one of our attorneys that, that has uh, digital agency experience, they can help give common sense, straightforward advice to an agency owner, um, even bringing in financial advisors, stuff like that, just yeah. for like agency owners, but also those in-house guys. And the mind, so my background is different than yours where I was, I've been in business for myself on several different occasions. Um, it's always been in a creative role of like a hand, hand working role. So it's like design or copywriting or web design or photography, videography. So it's like being able to, uh, the value I'll be able to bring here and what I think I'll be able to add to the audience is coming from in the mindset of when I started with Red Shark and my agency experience started and we were a team of three, right? basically me, you, and Dev. Yep. And then we had sales um, who was kind of there, kind of not. And um, <clears throat> we, I mean, now it's me and you basically from that original crew and 15, 15 14 other people, 14, 15 other people. And uh, it's looking at a team. I didn't come to Red Shark to manage a team, but that's what I'm doing now. And, and how we got there and what I've learned along the way and what outside experiences have helped me get there. So, <coughs> excuse me, that's overall the main value I think I'm going to bring. Yep. Uh, just like your experience, your 10 years experience. I've been designing probably for 10 or 12 if I look back to the 14, 15-year-old stuff. Um, and But overall, I think that my expectation is to be able to open doors for us to build relationships outside of our service so what does knowing we're in the agency world and knowing you're the owner of a digital agency, we're six years old, right? Almost seven. We'll be seven. Almost seven this June. Yeah. And, uh, you also own another company Mm -hmm. partner in a couple more that you're not, you know, principal in. And then myself being the COO at Red Shark Digital, what are, what's your day to day look like as an agency owner, but also, kind of entrepreneur over top of that. Yeah. Um, And, and that's actually one uh, for another episode. It may be our next one. I'm not sure, but uh, a lot of uh, long range planning uh, and and long range, meaning, you know, the short and the, and the long-term goals that, uh, you know, we're trying to hit as a team and on individual levels and the planning that goes into that. And of course the implementation of that. I mean, I'm not as close to the implementation. That's more your seat, but um, you know, just, continually overseeing the the long-range planning that's important and it you know it's something else to to get into another time you know it's hard to go from you know working on the micro details of that and being able to see that that long-range planning and and just how important it is but uh you know operations performance as a whole i mean i'm i'm very lucky to have you know you and in your operational seat and and uh and also another great uh person who's uh, also on another podcast of ours and in, in our financial seat. So, you know, it's, it's awesome to have um, great heads in those seats to, to make sure that things are rolling uh, always the way that they should. But from mine, being able to continue to see that, that macro level, uh, make sure everything's going in the right direction um, and, and still working on the talent too, you know, back to, to seats and heads, making sure that we have, you know, we've learned, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, we, at one point we had up to 18 people when it certainly did not warrant it. 
and you know making sure that we have the right seats and then the right heads in those seats is is something that just is a is a never-ending process um but yeah i mean it you know occasionally we joke about uh putting fires out you know at this point it's uh it's got to be really like a a multi-alarm multiple alarm fire for uh, me to get involved you know right, with yeah. having good people underneath you so and that's also there's a episode I, mean, I think we could do a whole episode a whole conversation about people what people do i need like yeah. and even talking with someone who runs a like single person agency, like some of our partners and they outsource to vendors for everything. But I mean, there was a time when we had 16 employees, 14, 15 employees, and we were talking about hiring four others, right. You know, even either commission based or like in preparation for something's coming. And it's like, who to hire? We don't, you know, do we really need that? And going from there, it's phantom hand that, that was smooth mike that was smooth <laughs> producers came in and changed these volumes because it gives equal i guess but there's a we couldn't help but laugh at it but i think like there's it's understanding that like when is that time and that's something that you'll be able to offer that i won't be because that's not my role it's like when do you step away as an owner when yep. do you when do you remove yourself from your business so you can work on it which right. is what you talked about like being super high level and it's amazing to me some of the some in a couple of different networks as I'm sure you are is mm-hmm. people who just start their business they're like three months in I got to get out so I can work on like no you need to grind because yeah. if you're not like if you're not grinding with your with your company who's going to grind when you can't afford it that's right you know like hundred percent and who's going to work on it when there's no one to work in it I and, recently backed out of a deal because I had that that person very small you know minor uh, equity stake in something that. I got that main person said that, you know, I don't want to be here yeah. when I, I want to make X, but I don't want to be here. I want to be spending the time with, with my kid, like a huge red flag, right? right. You know, when shit hits the fan, yeah. what happens next? Yeah. So it's just like that work life balance. And there's so many things that like, I, like, you know, me personally, and did pe- you just say work life balance? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm getting there. Like, you know, me personally, but we'll get to those conversations where the audience l- learns and our, our guests will learn is like, so many things is like, no, you're, you're literally overthinking it. Like you're thinking so hard about it, but like work-life balance is you, ch- you being able to leave, like you personally being able to leave on a Thursday afternoon, not look at your email till the next morning, but it's also checking your email on Saturday when you're with oh, your yeah. kid. Yeah. Like it's work-life, it's, it's a true balance. It's like you sacrifice 30 seconds to look at an email so you can sacrifice four hours over here. And one of my, one of my buddies who, Hopefully we'll have one here at some point. Super successful in the learning project, the learning project, the learning product um, co- space. He uh, he tried the whole four hour work week. He tried the full remote. I'm only going to check my email twice a day, and like he basically all but lost all of his business. And it's like those books. I mean, they work for like certain products, but right. for things like we do in the service based things, we can't not touch it. Yeah. So it's understanding intentionally who's the best hire like what is the best in what's going to make my job easier what's providing the most value to my company what's going to allow them to do that and then and then who do I hire yeah and then ultimately what's going to get me where I want to be if I want to leave like we've got a client lover she's great she's super successful for who she is she's 75 years old sure and she is smart as a whip but she does not come into the office until after 10 she works, she works every Saturday. She works every Sunday, but she never comes to the office before 10 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, 
You're running a team of 20 people. It's your business. You've been doing this for 40, 40 years at this point. You do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like, if I was working for you, don't show up. You've proven to me that you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, as a, I guess as an owner, like, you know, what's important to you. And, but like when you're moving away from that, it's like, what, what matters most? Well, I think it's one of the reasons that, you know, uh, Retrack has been able to be so successful over the years is because we look for that in our people too, though. Right. I mean, right. we're, we, we allow that freedom of, you know, it, it just general freedom, but you know, get the job when the job comes through, get the job done. Right. It, and it doesn't, you know, back to the whole work life thing. I mean, it, it doesn't matter when it is. I mean, there's going to be free time at you know Monday through Friday during the day, but you know, if it means a Friday night or a Sunday morning or whatever it may be, that's, you know, that's what it means. We are right next to a bowling alley now. Uh, that's true. <laughs> just, just take like a midday bowling break. But I take, I say that a lot, like with the team, it's like, it, and you say it too. Like we talk about watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or even Netflix or whatever. Like we all have TVs in our offices, but you work, you know, as long as work's getting done, we don't care. You know, if you need to leave at three o'clock and be gone until tomorrow morning, then whatever. Um, so I think that's, but I think that's a whole like day to day thing. So that makes, there's probably a lot of CEOs of companies and owners of companies who wish they could have that like working on. And there's probably people who are, are distanced themselves, which we will talk about in another episode, which was going to be this episode, but imposter syndrome. When you get yeah. to that, when you get oh, yeah. to that place of like, okay, for the last five years, all I've wanted to do is get out and work on it. But now I'm working on it and I feel like it's not me. Yep. You know, exactly. Which I know you have personal experience to talk about that. Yeah, very much so. I mean, definitely more than just Red Shark too. I mean, when you, when you think back of that, I mean, there's so many instances that you can yeah. come across with that. Well, it's like, yeah, when you hit the, it's like the grass is always greener, but when you get to the green grass, like, what do I do with it? Yeah. I'm so used to not. Right. So used to killing it. I want to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> so my day to day is, um, more so on the micro level. A lot of it is not as micro as it used to be. We've I've delegated a lot of that stuff away, but it's us having a conversation about a podcast and then us building this level of a studio, um, putting that together, mobilizing the team. So I would I would say it's um, taking the vision, putting legs underneath it, and then finding the key members of our team to sure. execute it. Yep. Um, Capitalizing on the expertise of you know everybody you know, inside and out, capitalizing right. on their individual expertise to, to get that done efficiently. And it's also, it's a, I'm, I'm weird in this regard. It's like, I like to be on the micro and do things, but I also know what I'm talking about and I know what we can do. So it's kind of like here, I know you can do this. I'm not you personally, but like you as, right. as a team member, it's like, if I'm talking to a team member, I know you can do this, but I, but I need you to know I can do it three times faster. Yeah. So it's like, understand that this is something that like, we just talked about this yesterday morning and, and this, <clears throat> I take what I'm going to say on these podcasts is like things I've said to the team. So if a team, sure. the team listens, like they're not, no one's going to get it's their feelings. New, hurt. Right? If it hurt their feelings when I said it, it's going to hurt it again, maybe, but, <laughs> like, but like, oh yeah, I'm very direct. But I told the team yesterday, it's like, we got to where we are by moving fast and moving well. Yeah. And when I say I'm using the Royal we, but I mean me, mm-hmm. like, I mean, cause like ever since, like I remember the first day at Red Shark, I was there till seven. First day, yep. and I haven't left before that since. And, and I'm sitting there like, God, I'm paying this guy extra hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we're, we're here. We're, we made it. Um, that's an investment that continues to pay off. Yeah, no doubt. But there's um, but it's that it's that same level. It's like I we we got to where we are because of at this point now 
I mean, work that not only I did, but we did together. We like, there's no one else. Oh, yeah. like, yep. You know, everything's That's been replaced. Right. So it's like when one of us says like to do it this way, it's like, we know it's from success and sure. Like our social, like our social stuff. It's like, I know that we went through some hiccups, but like, I know that consistency and doubling down on the amount of times we post brings growth. Right. But also understand the algorithm and hacking that algorithm helped a lot with Instagram. So it's like, merging the two of like consistency, which is what's been asked and what we know works, but also expounding upon that with what the guys were able to do has resulted in like way beyond our expectations, you know? Sure. So it's like building from that. So they're able to like, when new people come in or that's past somebody else, they're able to see OG stuff worked, new school stuff work. Now we know this works, do it. Yeah. And we, we put that, I put that into the team. It's like, you have all the freedom in the world to do it. And I said this when I was talking earlier on a different podcast, it's like, I won't, I'll stay here as long as you stay here and I'll work for you so you can work well and succeed. And someone, you know, sometimes I get distracted when I am being a, just an overall asshole, but for the most part, it stays, uh, it stays pretty straight. Well, and you know, a lot of that goes back to the confidence in those individual people too. You know, yeah. it's like, even if all the credibility in the world of, hey, we've proven this, we know what works, it's, you know, uh, instilling the confidence in that person to say, you know, just just take a leap. It's okay. You know, we, right. we know it works. We know what fails. And don't be afraid to fail and, and go at it. Yeah. And that's, it's also, like we, we're lucky, but we're also, it's kind of like a bittersweet thing where many of our team members, we've, we've been lucky enough to get them with no bad habits because they were their first job out of college. Yeah. Like, like we think about all of our admins and most of our strategists. I mean, even somebody like Travis who works with us, he's a account manager here on the team. He, uh, I'm pretty sure like he was, we were his first full-time job out of college. I mean, he worked with one of our partners at the time, but like when they went under and came to us or dissolved the whatever happened, um, he works with us now. And, but it was like his first like responsibility, like you run this, you do this type of job. And I mean, he's killing it, you know, same thing could be said for, for admin strategies, yeah. strategies yeah, yeah, across yeah. the board. It's, it's like easy to craft them, you know, yeah. into good habits. Yeah, there's no bad habits that we're having to fix, but there's also like a lot of understanding and empathy towards, okay, you're not used to work until eight o'clock at night. Uh-huh. You know, you're not used to grinding out a full nine and then going from there. Even a professional and agency environment too, you know, there's, yeah. there's that learning curve, but. Cause it's professional, but it's not like you can walk around with your sock, with your shoes off, yeah, but you better I'm answer. Still frown upon that. So I'm, I'm wearing, I'm not wearing shoes, oh. <laughs> but you can walk around with your shoes off, but you better check your email. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can watch TV at your desk, but you better answer when I call you tonight. Yep. You know, so it's kind of, and still as, you know, uh, looking even even past the agency side of it and talking about those things that we're instilling in people, it's 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 a feel-good, too, because we know that, you know, if and when somebody moves on, what they're taking with them is is extremely valuable and, and can be applied to, to anything, you know, in, in their future. It's not just we're trying to craft the most, you know, perfect um, every single role, every single seat here, you know, under this roof, but... Um, you know, it's, we know there's so many things from a professional and even from a personal standpoint that they'll take with them for years to come. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. That's good too. The, the years to come thing is like, I know that I think everybody on the team, including myself, like obviously you learn whatever, but like everybody on the team has 
above and beyond learned more than they thought they were going to. Sure. Like yeah. you're hired, you're hired on a job to provide a skill. You may be taught a way to do something like a, a workflow, but you're not taught a skill And here. Like we really, like we welcome you learning how to do your job while you're here. Yeah. We invest heavily in it. Yeah. Time and, you know, monetarily too. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that is not by design, but it's just become that and it's worked well. You know, because it allows that building that personal relationship of growing together because you see things that you, you have to know something. They say you have to know something five times better to be able to teach it. It forces us to be able to teach it and how to know it. Like any design program that one of our designers has a question about being able to give shortcut commands through Slack for them to be able to do it well right. is takes a lot of information and educate and not, not education, but confidence in what you know. Was that a Slack plug? Are, are we already sponsored? No, oh. I wish. Yeah. I've never heard them on a podcast, but we can be the ones. We can be the one. Um, so what are your what are you looking for forward to in regards to topics? What topics do you think we're gonna be discussing in the future? You know, I think it uh you know, most of these topics can while they'll you know, be obviously agency focused, they can apply, they can really apply to uh to just about anything. Um, operations is is a big one and I kind of, you know, talked about this at, at the beginning. There's there's so many things to to look at from all size levels, and you touched on this a minute ago, but, you know, whether you're a one-man, two-, three-man shop um, or you're, you know, 15 to 20 or maybe you're 100-plus, I mean, there's there's all different types of way that, ways that you need to approach, um, you know, managing the people and managing the team depending on your size and, and as you go through growth and, you know, who to hire and when, um, you know, there's there's all, all kinds of things. I mean, we could spend days on, on topics on that. Um, I think, uh, you know, going into a, a big one, especially for smaller, newer agencies is of course, everybody's always trying to win more business. How do I find yeah. it? How do I do it? Um, and you know, there, there's no secret sauce. And I've been asked that question for years. You know, what, what can you attribute to, to winning more business and this and that? And, and it's just, there's so many things, there's no secret sauce to it. So, um, you know, it's, it's an important one for, for smaller agencies and, and those that are at least growth focused yeah, and, what we can share. And I know from being like you starting with it, starting with you, but then being in it for the last few years and fielding, not only fielding leads, but also going through all the way through closing business to closing the project to yeah. reselling that same client. It's, yeah. it's understanding like we have a, a very well vetted first meeting structure. And while it works for us a lot more for vetting a client, in regards to like, are they the client we need to pursue? Are they the lead we need to spend a lot of time with? It also helps the client too. Like I was, I just talked about this on another, another conversation I was having earlier today. It's it, we may not be the solution. So if someone may not can hit our MLE and we can talk about setting MLEs and making money and all that stuff in another episode, but someone may not meet our MLE, but we can provide them with solution. Absolutely. So like, you know, what you need is what you need is a single page landing template you can get from Squarespace for thirty dollars a month. You don't need a twenty thousand dollar website from Redshark. That's right. You know, and we built like, but when you're ready to market it and you want to make people aware, you come to us. We'll help you. But when you get to this point, or you can go work with these other people, it's, you leave every relationship solving their problem. Sure. You know, just because you're not the solution doesn't mean you can't offer one. Then that obviously intentionally does not close the door to anything in the future. Right, right, right. And so it's just, and, but somebody's like, yeah, that's that's great. Red Shark has leads they don't even want. I don't even have leads, you know. So yeah. it's like then we can go into like inbound marketing and sure. lead acquisition, all that stuff. And 
we've got the heads here, but also we know people who can offer insights on all that. Yep. And I know there's another one is uh, in in that regard is is increasing your fees, increasing your prices yeah. of you know whatever product service uh, that you're offering, how to do it, when to do it, um, you know how to position it better. So, you know, as I think, gosh, I, I'm pretty sure our uh, initial hourly rate was like sixty five bucks an hour. And were we working in India at that time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you know, just going through that and and when to do it. Uh, how to do it, uh, what should the rate be? I mean, every market's different. I mean, it, it doesn't have to get into those kind of specifics, but so many people, and this is one thing that you, you help Red Truck with tremendously is, is showing the value, having the confidence in the value, what you're delivering to be able to, uh, demand those kinds of prices, you know, yeah, and, especially and start without, like, I don't pitch, right? Like we don't pitch, like yep. I don't make a proposal. Like I don't, I don't, we don't, well, we do for partners, but we don't for like our clients. We don't write proposals until you agree to a price. Like I've told two clients that we end up closing that like, I don't get paid to write proposals. Yeah. So like I can give you everything you need. What questions do you want to answer? I'll answer them in an email. We can talk about it, but I need to know that you're serious about this and moving forward. And then I'll put a proposal together, but it's going to have a signature on the end of it. Yeah. I mean, how much time do you think people spend creating proposals? Even if you have the best template proposal, it's like a plug and play. Yeah. It's probably minimum it's 30 minutes it, yeah. and that's just flying through it. So, I mean, that's a great way to, to uh, cut out some time and, and just get right to it. And you're not wasting your time doing that. And that's that whole like win without pitching, like it's from a book. I went without the win without pitching manifesto and I can plug it. all you want. good luck finding it. Like <laughs> They print like 50 <laughs> copies a year and they go off the, they go before they even they're off the press. But um, his name's Blair ends, but, you know, just reading that or finding it somewhere, even the preview, reading the first paragraph will help you gain more confidence. But it's, it's understanding your value, which is a whole nother topic. So I think it's like, as we go, there's a plethora of information for us to talk about. We have a ton of yep. contacts we can interview. Yep. And ultimately, even some role play stuff where it's like a first call. Like, what's a first call sure. supposed to be like? Um, what's a client meeting supposed to be like? What's a project timeline look like? Things like that. We have those free resources to share. Um I think managing people too is a, is another one. I yeah. mean, once you start to bring them on through the growth stage of of uh, you know anything along you know, three to five or or, or five to a hundred, whatever it is that you know, there's so many things that you overlook. I mean, even down to like an HR perspective. I mean, the stuff that you know we don't. I mean, I don't enjoy doing that. I don't yeah. know many people that do enjoy doing that, but you know, you you've got to think about those things through growth. Um, and, and the, the legality sides and, and, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a good one that a good guess that we could have on is, yeah. is going through. Cause uh, we went, I mean, we ran, we were even with me here for three years, two, two and a half, three years is like a very flimsy terms and conditions. Oh yeah. Now we have the exact opposite end of that spectrum where it's like ironclad. Baby. Yeah. Basically your business belongs to us after the, after we're done, <laughs> but not really, but kind of, yeah, it does. And, uh, it's, so it's ours, it's all ours now, how we got there. And there's, I mean, there's, there's pieces where there's places where that was challenged and we, you know, we came out victorious and that can be something we talk about eventually. I don't know how that works, but, um, we can use non-specifics and how sure. that, how that went yep. down and worked and how we handled that as a company. But, um, a lot of that comes back to still like, I think one of the first places we start in the first few, you know, three to five episodes is being able to determine what's your key value you offer your clients. Right. And then who in your team, if it's you, if it's a team member, if it's someone else, a vendor you have, who, who champions in that value 
and then like really invest in them because like that particular example, like you and I talked after that whole thing happened and like it was the ability, it was knowing that like we knew we did the right thing. Yeah. It didn't matter. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to touch yeah. on was you, when you know that you're, you've done the right thing and, and all the moves that you're making, you feel good about relying on, you know, those, those legal pieces that you've put in place that you've invested yeah. in. And, you know, everybody knows that you invest in those pieces. Um, it, it feels good because you know, you're going to sleep fine that night, yeah. you know? Well, it's just, it's also like, I, I personally pride myself on remembering pretty much everything, especially stuff like that. And having the people who are so confident in what they're doing, that not only can they be challenged on it and stay calm, but also correct without condemning. Yep. And you never want to find yourself there. Like you don't want to prepare for that. But even when a client says, why am I paying you this much? Or you're not worth that much. If you can confidently, if you have value in it, you know how valuable you are. First of all, you're going to be able to walk away from things easily. You'll be able to say no power. No, is going to make you way more, may way more powerful and comfortable in what you're doing confident. But there's also the ability to defend and prove value, which that could be yeah, a whole nother. Sure. I mean, pricing value-based pricing could be another episode. There's champions in our, in our world that do that way better than we do that we can talk with. Um, even outside of the digital sector, uh, that, like architects are starting to do it and things like that. So sure. uh, I'm in an actually, uh, a few different forums that I've, one of the things I continually see come up is, you know, I, I did work. I, I had them sign a contract. I did work and now I can't get them to pay me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, something went wrong in, and, and it's always a question of what do I do? Right. You know, how do I overcome this? So to your point, being able to, you know, confidently prove that value and, and in the work that was done and delivered, you know, you have every, every right to stand there on two feet and, and demand it, you yeah. know, or, or take it to the next level to, to get it. So yeah, they to that too. It's like, timelines like setting a timeline sticking to it like we we had that same exact problem that you're talking about that we still have it with some clients today but we mm -hmm. know how to navigate it it's setting milestones you know like project management could be one like setting clear milestones with your client yeah um and even like a nugget for now is like set padlocks like if you set milestones in a timeline and you finish it like that's something our project manager championed in when she started with us is padlock padlock it if you and once you lock it you lock it with a signature and if you had to break it it's broken with either more money or more time that's right and that's, you can't back off from that the second you do yeah. it's it's just a downward spiral and we speak to it from the first meeting like when they ask, what's your process oh our process is we work off we work off of this timeline for the most part and the way we the way we lock in phases with the padlocks and yada 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 yeah. there's a talk tracks we can go through later but um another one too um i mean we've talked a lot i'll, I'll a ton of good, uh, good topics I'm excited to get into, but, uh, tools that we use yeah, yeah. and then how do we use them? You know, how do we set them up? We don't, or, yeah, you're right. We, we just completely don't use them. <laughs> we still just yell Wing each it other. every day. <laughs> we yell at each other from each office. Yeah. Um, but really back, uh, back to that. I mean, just what tools have we found that work best for us and why, and then how have we set them up? You know, try to share some of that information. It's, you know, none of that's, you know, proprietary and I think it's, it's good, valuable information. Hopefully we can help someone. I think I think that's one of the things that it, it's a blend because a lot of those tools are ones that you've implemented and you can talk through the decision making process. So like our project management tool, which we won't mention because it'd be great to be sponsored by, but um, just we'll get, we'll circle back to that. Um, it's the project management tool we use. Like you chose that with an account manager at the time mm -hmm. or account executive, whatever she was at the yep. time, and it's like it had several iterations 
But in regards to like championing that into the team and holding them accountable, like that's where I've found ways for them to use it to work with not to not disrupt. So it's not like a checks and balances for them. It's like a, a true hub of information. Right. So I think that's where the, the benefit of having the operations side and the executive side is going to help here. And, um, and you know, even when we had that conversation, we can have someone like one of our designers or developer or paid one of the t- paid members of the team um, can, when I say paid, all of our team members are paid. I mean, <laughs> paid advertising. Um, they can, they can talk about like how that works for them and how that, you know, what that, what's that's like and here and even some ways we maybe could improve it sure. in the time. Absolutely. Um, empathy is going to be one that's interesting mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, I've been working. <laughs> if you know me, that's a very, that's very interesting that I even, uh, I held my chuckle. Yeah. Give a shit about you're that. Working at it. But um, 2020 has been a different year so far. There's been less of those uh, Spencer come to Jesus conversations with the team, but um, empathy, imposter syndrome, all the stuff like we, you know, we already mentioned that, but all the stuff that you don't even know you're going through, you don't even know it's going to make you better until you're introduced to it. And I think that can, anyone can benefit from that, from a person who's a designer or a copywriter or a video editor or a paid advertising strategist or a developer, anyone, or even an executive level, like a CMO with inside a marketing agency or a CEO, I mean, you know, an owner of the company, like, if you're going through something, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to talk to someone through it. It's like understanding how to think like they are, how right. to understand what they're going through. Yep. And you don't have to know that with a developer or it takes 10 minutes to wind down and 10 minutes to get into something else because they have to find out with within 200,000 200, lines of code is where it is. You don't have to know that, but you can understand it takes a little, it's not as easy as it is for you to switch emails or switch um, browser tabs sure. for them to switch files and sites to work in. That's right. You know, just something simple like that. It's That's like, right. so do I really disrupt them or is it nice to just let it finish? How do you know, how do you handle things like that? Definitely. Um, and then I think it'd be cool to uh, interview the same type of people, which is kind of trickles into our next talking point is like who we're going to have on the show. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be in- interesting to like talk to, talk to an owner of a, $5 million business, talk to an owner of a $2 million business, talk to an owner of a hundred thousand dollar a year business and talk to an owner of one who's running on the side. Like they started a Facebook agency while still working their day job. Right. You know, and just see what they're going through and then ultimately find parallels that go across that whole realm and maybe even have a panel with them talking through it together. Yeah. I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy always hearing a business owner's story. That was one of the things I loved about that first job was, you know, the, the amount of stories that you heard. I mean, just go, once I finally realized, just shut up and just sit there and listen, let, you know, let them tout yeah. what they're proud of and what they're doing and, and learn about them. Um, but I mean, you know, from our side of it, you know, bringing those, those kinds of people in, we can, as you mentioned, you know, d- different revenue levels, we'll be able to see, you know, what are they facing? You know, where can either you know, we or anybody else help in any capacity, you know, on these types of businesses. Now, obviously not probably specifically them, but it, it gives you a good idea of, you know, other companies that are in the same situation and, and, you know, how do you approach that? Right. So, um, we've got the, we've got a couple of producers in the room who are telling us to kind of, we're at a good stopping point here. Oh, okay. Um, but I think this, the story uh, listening, I'll, I'll close with this, but based off what you said is the, the 75 year old, it's like knowing that she wants to meet in person. Yeah. 
that's what's going to keep her business yep. meeting with her in person, like doing a good job. Of course. I mean, she, like we do a good job for her. She's happy. We really like her as a client, but if we didn't meet in person, she wouldn't like us. Yeah, for sure. And knowing that my meetings with her are an hour long, but I'm going to have to talk to her for 30 to 45 minutes about the news and politics afterwards, right. which is fine. I, I mean, you know me personally, like I love that type of conversation and, Fortunately, I'm able to separate my ideology from a lot of it when it comes to having that conversation. Yeah, you're doing a pretty good job with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like playing devil's advocate, just keeping everybody everybody offended. But um, <laughs> there's there's benefit in being able to have those conversations with her because she enjoys it for the most part. And she enjoys having being able to talk about it and keeping her – she doesn't care. At end of the end of the year, as long as her revenue is up a little bit, she doesn't care about any of the minutia or the micros. It's – the relationships that come from it, the her telling her story and hearing her. Yeah. Which goes back to what you said. Basically, yep. they just want to listen. They want to be heard. That's right. It's not like fit you into a box. None of that stuff. Yep. Um, well, it goes, I mean, I think about, uh, you know, the client I met with today and it was, a, uh, you know, it, they wanted to have lunch. You know, a long time client. I mean, they were, they were one of our oldest, oldest clients and, uh, right. you know, a gentleman that is extremely, extremely well networked and, and, and has been, and, and all kinds of different businesses from farming to, you know, e-commerce businesses. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, spectrum change and, and just hearing, you know, everything that they go through and, and, you know, similar to the client you were just mentioning and, and how, what they care about and then how can we apply to that? Yeah. Apply what we do to that and just the relationship in general, how, how we cultivate that. And we, you know, it's, it's a relationship. That's a friendship. It's a partnership. They're a client. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they just want to feel like it's, it's truly a partnership. It's yeah, a yeah. two way street. Of course, you know, of yeah. course they're a paying client, but they want to feel like it's a partnership. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things too, I, I'm interested to talk about when it comes to scaling, like a whole few episodes about scaling would be is understanding that like, as you scale and have more business, you're going to, you're going to, you're going, you're not going to lose. I wouldn't say, but you're going to lose, you are going to lose. You're going to lose some of that time. Like yeah. you don't like there's there's five clients right now that I have that quite literally I could work 40 hours a week on just those five clients. Right. But I I manage a week on week to week. I manage probably like 30 to 40 out of our 150, 200, you know. So it's it's understanding how to make that work while to scale your business without losing business um, and losing integrity, too. Yeah, for sure. So and quality work overall, I think that's a good um, good episode so far. Uh, it's been interesting, you know, kind of getting everything set up, the foundation. Um, we're going to be posting new episodes every Thursday. Yep. Um, sometime in the afternoon. They're going to be on all wherever you find podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, as well as YouTube for the video. Um, as we grow, we'll probably have some audio exclusives and things like that. But for now, that'll be where we work off of. Um New and improved experience every week. New and improved. It's It's going to always be getting better. That's right. Um, So with that, now this has been Agency Basement. I'm Spencer. This is Chris, and we will talk to you next week.